Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour two of Fantasy Sports today. Craig and Joe back with you. We'll dive into some of the injuries in the NFL. And boy, there are a lot going into the second round of the playoffs. Also, some player props from the Jets and Ravens tonight. Fantasy Sports today. Hour two starts now. Fantasy Sports today. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today on this Thursday. We are back to football tonight. Sadly, no college tonight. No college this weekend. Only uh, the Army-Navy game, which is usually a really good game, but Navy's had a fantastic year, so I wonder if uh, Army can keep this thing close. That's all we got on Saturday. I'll take a day off Saturday for the first time since August. That sounds good to me. Uh, in the NFL, a lot of injuries here. A lot of big injuries here. Boy, I saw these come down while I was in San Diego at the winter meetings. I thought the biggest one of all was a crusher. Uh, that Mike Evans is going to miss the rest of the season. Wow, what a year he had. Uh, Evans, Joe, was on pace. He and Godwin to be two of the top three fantasy wide receivers in the NFL. And uh, and and points per game at the end of the year, if that's what you're looking at, that's going to be the case. They're, they're going to finish two and three or two and four or one and three. That's going to happen. But uh, as far as overall total points, that's now out because Evans is out. I don't think that this changes Winston at all, but certainly gives an opportunity to somebody else with Tampa Bay. Is it Perriman? Is it Howard? What do you think? I think it's a combination of both because we've actually seen both guys be more productive lately, even in that game. And even before that, OJ Howard, I'd say in the last two or three games has really sort of come on a little bit all of a sudden. So yeah, I mean, Mike Evans is probably going to still finish in the top 10 in all wide receivers, regardless of this injury, yep. <laughs> where you want to take it. So the numbers will still be there. I think when you dig deeper into Mike Evans, 2019 season in 2020, you're going to say to yourself, you know, wow, some really high highs and then some lows too. And that's something to be aware of when you start to construct your roster. So that means if you're going to take a guy like a a Mike Evans, then you probably want to really consider strongly taking a high floor guy like an Allen Robinson right after, you know, somewhere in that avenue where you know what you're getting every single week out of this guy, where John Brown, that's a really good pairing too. guys who are very, very steady, who might not have the ceiling necessarily of Mike Evans games, but certainly have a better week-to-week floor because what you don't want, you don't want to lose games on those times where you lose a week because Mike Evans had a four. You know, you just, you can't, you can't handle that. So you need guys to kind of pull that up a little bit. And then Mike Evans will still be that guy that wins you weeks. It'll be fascinating next year to see who the quarterback is. But in the short term here going forward, I think Perriman is absolutely a flex play. In a deeper league, he's a wide receiver three. He's got a great matchup here because Darius Slay is going to be uh, shadowing Godwin wherever he goes. So that means that he's going to be on these secondary corners and those secondary corners are not good in Detroit. So it's a really good matchup for Perriman and for OJ Howard too. I think there's a lot to go around here. Uh, There's not going to shave off any of the passing. All of a sudden it's going to be a run team. No, no, no. It's still going to be all the Winston you can handle. It's just going to be spread around differently. Okay. Uh, Big injuries. Wow. Uh, Jones, Marvin Jones out for the year. Um, he's got an ankle injury. There's just no reason to play anybody on Detroit at this point. I mean, they're, they're done. Uh, Jones would have been somebody for sure. That you would have started this week in this, flag. oh yeah, 
Is, yeah. is there is there another uh, option to start on Detroit? Which is Galladay. You can still what? start Galladay. Oh, like a second guy though. Is there is there a second? Guy? Uh, look, if you want to go the Amendola route, uh, no, yeah, I don't. I guess not. Yeah, no. I mean, I really don't. I think Galladay. Galladay to me has established himself where it doesn't matter. Like Galladay is a guy you're never taking out no matter what. And in DFS, right. I think you take shots with him because the weeks where people aren't on him, he seems to be more fruitful because the ownership's lower. He's a guy that still shows up regardless of matchup, and people haven't caught on to that yet. And I think that's the perfect storm when he is cheaper, when he is lower owned. He is equally as good as when he's got a really tasty matchup, and this is still a good matchup for him regardless. Okay. Uh, this this was look. I never want to see anybody injured. This was a good injury for my fantasy team. A horrible injury for the player. Rashad Penny uh, no. had an had an ACL injury against the Rams. Usually ACLs are like nine months, so his season next year uh, for sure is in is in jeopardy somewhat. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, Penny was still not really startable, even though he was starting to see more volume. But boy, you can fire up Chris Carson as an RB one the rest of the year, Joe. At this point, I don't know. There's, <clears> yeah, there's no debating that. There isn't, but. You know, every Chris Carson owner was just shuddering last week, you know, going into that game, just going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What's going to happen here? And you don't like to get clarity this way, because like you said, you don't want somebody yeah, to get hurt. But it's unfortunate because Penny was finally playing well. And then you have an injury like this. And now you're right. Nine months. So you're looking. It's early December. So he'll be active in training camp. He'll be rehabbing in training camp. But yeah, he'll be on the pup list to start the year. He'll be on the pup list to start the year would be my guess, too. Um, so this is another one of those guys I think you would speculatively add in deeper leagues. But I'll tell you what, you know what I would do right now if you could in the offseason? I would throw out a low ball trade offer for him because I'm sure the Rashad Penny owner after a couple of years is frustrated, frustrated with performance, frustrated with the injury, frustrated and teased and all these things. And they might be just looking to get out of that business. So I would throw a draft pick out there and say, hey, you know, because draft picks are still unknown. But Penny, I think you saw a little bit there where you go, you know what? This guy might be useful after all. And who knows? Maybe the best thing is for him to miss the first couple weeks of the season and then come in there in mid-October or something like that, maybe later October, and all of a sudden be a really useful second half running back. Now, I hope you wouldn't have that same opinion of Darius Geis after he's now out. Oh, that makes me sad. Like, because he looks so good since he's been back. But you're not he so strong. On no, I mean, no, no. It's just the opposite. I think I'm trying to get out of that business. I'm going to take a draft pick for Darius Geis. I just have to. I mean, he just looks like he can't, his body can't stand up to the pounding. And it's sad. It's terrible. And, you know, it's, you can call it fluky all you want, but. You know, multiple knee injuries, multiple things around the knee, different knees. It's the way it's he just... plays. He's playing like he did at LSU, which is fantastic. You can't tackle this guy at LSU. You he's know, a beast. You you go look at his highlights from LSU. I did. He's, he's a beast. A, he's a little. He's not the biggest guy, but he like he like slips out. Like he doesn't go down. Like you get him, you got to get. He's not carrying guys. That's not happening. But Nobody's when you have strong. one guy, he's physical. He, yeah, he moves out, and and I, and and it's it's different in the NFL for him, unfortunately. And so Peterson, you could probably fire him. Is, up the I game. got a question for you: Who reminds you of that style right now in college football that we should be uh, afraid of for NFL drafts next year? Like, who's that? Because you know, there's a lot of good running backs out there. Is there anybody that reminds you of that kind of same style? Where you're like, ugh, this guy could be in trouble. Same style as guys. Not really. The, the, the no. top running back is Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. And, and you got Taylor, you got ATN, you got the kid from Alabama who I really like. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think any of those guys are, are like guys. No, okay, good. Uh, I think were, <laughs> and, and, and guys was never a speed guy either. Like, no, he's he's a he's a running back kind of. You know, he's like using that you know that that old school kind of feel. You know, not the biggest guy, whatever, but he's gonna go at you. And it's just it's a bummer. And the Redskins, like, can the Redskins? When does the Redskins bad luck stop when Dan Never. Snyder changes the team name Never. or like when he sells the team? Like what happens? Oh, Never. 
All right, real quick. Uh, Ridley out for the year. Alshon Jeffrey out for the year. Ridley in a dynasty league you keep. He's good. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey is not going to be back in Philadelphia next year. And I would guess will is no longer fantasy relevant ever again. That would be my guess. Agreed. I would argue he wasn't fantasy relevant coming into this year, but uh, everybody still wanted to to live in the upside. It's the danger of living in the upside. You end who would, up who would, win a, who would win a race between Alshon Jeffrey and Jimmy Graham right now? <laughs> and who? And Jimmy Garoppolo? So Jimmy saying? Graham. Oh, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> I mean, these are like the tin men out there. Like, like, <laughs> Alshon Jeffrey's like, look, he's trying to run so hard. I know. And look, and lesson to the Eagles front office. Don't go down this road again. Don't go after AJ Green. Don't go after old wide receivers' leg issues. Go get a young kid who's fast to catch the football and make an impact. For the love of God, go use a draft pick high on somebody who's a difference maker, not a possession wide receiver. You need a real number one there and take some damn pressure off Carson Wentz. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports today, and we'll be back with a lot more, including our first look at the props for tonight's uh, Thursday Night Football game. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing a book because they make me feel good. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. We got Trust or Bust coming up in the next segment, but we got Thursday Night Football back tonight. And at the beginning of the season, if you would have looked at it, you would have said Jets-Ravens, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, this could be a good game. At worst-case scenario, Jets are 500 team. Ravens are, uh, you know, probably 500 or a little bit above. Well, and these two teams went in completely other directions. The Ravens are the favorite to win the Super Bowl. The Jets are the favorite to have the second or third pick overall in the draft. And so the line, apropos of that, is Ravens minus 16 tonight. And the total is 45 and a half. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um if the Ravens lose this football game, what what happens? I'm just I know this is an impossibility, but it is the story of 2019. If the Ravens drop this football game to the Jets, what is the ripple effect there in the media? Like what happens? Does everybody all of a sudden just get down on them or do they say, well, Lamar wasn't 100 percent coming into this game. He's been banged up and he has. He's definitely had some issues with practice this week in the short week. Yeah, I don't think the Jets have any chance to win this game tonight. Yeah, I don't think so. I will take the over 45 and a half. I'm not a big over guy. But got that right last week. When the, when the total is around 44, 45, I like the overs. When it's a little lower than that, 42, 41, I like the unders. I'm, I'm going to say that there are points tonight. I'm going to say the Ravens take it to the Jets. Uh, but it wouldn't shock me at all to see Darnold throwing a lot of garbage time touchdowns tonight. And by the way, Josh Allen in the second half of that game last week against Baltimore did was able to move the ball pretty well. They turned the ball over. They had some mistakes. So I'm going to go like 37... Uh, 37-10, 37-13, something like that. I'm going to go over on the game. Uh, but I, that means I took the Ravens too, but I don't feel that confident on that because the Jets could do a backdoor cover in a heartbeat. So I'll just go over. Okay. 
Yeah, it's it's funny, you know. I know we can get to talk about it, but how about that over with the uh, with the Saints and 49ers? Not only did they obliterate and double the over in the first half, they, they they reached the over in the first half, and each team individually reached the over. <laughs> that 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 shows you right there that nobody knows anything. When like that. That's 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 the proof of that. Two good defensive. What in the world happened to the Saints defense? My, God. I don't know. It's they, like they Teddy Bridgewater. It's like apart. Teddy Bridgewater was quarterback, and everyone went, guys, we need to really concentrate and play good defense because the margin is going to be tighter. Let's go out there and play. And they won. They won games on defense for like four or five. And now they can't stop anybody. And now they can't stop anybody. And remember last year, the same thing happened. This remember last year, they had that huge shootout game right around this time of year with the Rams. Do you remember that game? And we were all sitting back. Boy, I can't wait for these teams to meet in the playoffs. This is going to be fun. It was like one of these 33, 31 kind of games. It was wild. And this is just what it feels like. It's like once you get into November, the Saints defense just stops playing. I mean, all right, let's let's go through the the props for tonight. Right. We got Lamar Jackson's uh, passing total yards at one eighty six and a half. Uh, I'm gonna go under. So a lot of running tonight. Okay. Yeah. Well, the Jets are actually pretty pretty good against the run. So I don't I don't know. I just feel like they're good against the run, but I think Lamar is going to take the ball in his own hands a little bit more tonight. And then I'll go under here. One eighty six. Okay. All right. Good. All right. Sam Darnold two twenty two and a half passing over. Game. Yeah, I feel like he's going to throw for a lot of yards tonight. He's got to. That's the only chance they have. Uh, Mark Ingram's, Ingram's rushing yard, 60 and a half. This is a good number. This is right around under. where it's usually at. So, so if Jackson goes under and Ingram, what, what are Ravens going to do? I think this is an under game. I think okay. this is actually, I think this, there's got to be a letdown here, Craig. I mean, you and I both know there's only so many times. I mean, they didn't you like it. They didn't, I know, but I can't keep going against the Ravens. They keep no, not but, down. but you, you and I both saw the opportunity there in Buffalo, and Buffalo almost did it. And I just feel like short week, you're, you're overlooking, you're, you're feeling really good. I don't know, man. This is one of these games. Is like a, I, I'm not saying the Jets are going to win, but man, oh, man. Like eventually the Ravens have to have a little bit of a letdown. These, these string of games, I don't remember a string of games for a team that was this big this many in a row, and they just kept showing up and showing up. And you could see they're starting to get a little – even the 49er game took a lot out of them. Like at a certain point, you get tired. And then you got a short week here against the Jets. Who, they, never you know, to, they never seem to slow down. I don't know. Uh, Marquise Brown, 43 and a half yards. Uh, I'm going to say over because I'm going to go under with Andrews because I'm, I'm not sure about him. So Andrews, I'll, I'll say Browns. Well, yeah, his number's, his number's not available. I say Brown's that one guy, like he catches that one ball and he has that one big run, you know. Robbie Anderson, he's been pretty good, 53 and a half. Over, yeah. hundred, absolutely over. He's been excellent lately. He's been really good. Crowder, 45 and a half. Uh, under, going to keep rolling with Robbie Anderson. Willie Sneed, they gave him a prop tonight, four, 14 and a half. <laughs> why they did well, that. they gave him a prop because of Andrews, that's why. I guess so. Yeah. Then that makes sense. Um, I would stay away from it, but I, I wouldn't go near Willie Sneed. I think that's talking about flipping a coin. Do you have a feeling on this? Uh, under. <laughs> Le'Veon, Le, <laughs> Le'Veon, I mean, it went, went in doubt. Take the under. Le'Veon Bell's rushing and receiving yards total of 81 and a half. Let's go over. Let's say Adam Gase decides to use him because he's not going to have bring him back next year. <laughs> Let's just go. What what is the buyout on him though? Like that's that's kind of the conversation. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But all I know is it's it's hilarious. It's two years in a row. Like where the Jets or the Giants are like, hey, look at this guy. We got our star Odell Beckett. We got our star Le'Veon Bell. And there they go. See ya. Bye. Right. Okay. Um. Defensive. uh, I was going to do some MVP and some Rookie of the Year, but it's they're pretty clear cut right now that Jacobs is the Rookie of the Year and Jackson's the MVP. There's really not a lot of other good options. A defensive player of the year is still very much up in the air. Aaron Donald is the favorite, plus 260. Gilmore is it was the favorite. Now he's down to plus 460. And then Boza is plus 600. 
You want to take a shot with Gilmore here? Yeah, I, I definitely do. I don't understand why Gilmore is not the favorite still. He's I mean, not. Yeah, I don't know. Donald. Also. Sorry. Yeah, I, I don't get that. And it's not me seeing the world through the Patriot goggles either. I just I don't understand. I don't know why it wouldn't be the case. I mean, Gilmore's had a phenomenal season just because, you know, and he's had picks. He's had touchdowns. He's had everything. And I'll tell you what, you know, I bet I bet had he had that pickup and that return that they blew the whistle on that fumble for Kelsey. I don't think that 460 is the number anymore. Do you? We all know how everyone overreacts to big plays and big yeah, moments. Probably and not. That would probably be a not. big difference there. So, all right, let me give you my lineups this week of the playoffs. You'll tell me who's the winner. Okay. All right. So here is uh, here is my lineup this week. Uh, it is Winston, McCaffrey, mm-hmm. uh, Carson, Allen Robinson, our MVP Cole Beasley. You, hey, look, you got Cole Beasley. There you go, Joe. At the beginning of the year, you said he'd be good, and we only had to wait 15 weeks, but he's awesome now. Uh, Andrews, <laughs> I love it. Like that's the only thing I was right about. Like I wasn't right about Godwin. I wasn't right about no. Jacobs. That's it. Just Beasley. Thanks for the one. Beasley's what I remember. That's uh, fine. Well, uh, I wrote a book in case you want to kind of refresh your memory. I'll send you a copy so you can mark it up thanks. and give it back to me with a grade. Diggs, <laughs> D- I'll give you F. Diggs <laughs> at, at, at flex. Um, my partner says we should look at maybe taking digs out okay no. so we'll talk about that no. uh new, new orleans defense gave us negative points last week but yeah. i mean there's no other choice no. um uh, butker is the kicker here's the bench bonifin you and that bonifin madison <laughs> brady montgomery mm-hmm. Bilal powell who we can cut uh oj howard and then my uh teammate says we should just look at it at least zach pascal as the um, final. Uh, no, I, I, I will I leave Diggs in. Yeah, so the lineup we have is set, I think. I, I absolutely think the lineup is set. Yep. And I think All you right. have enough there that it doesn't matter because you said Andrews at tight end, right? This is the Andrews League? Yes. Yeah, yes. I, I, I would just leave Andrews and hope for the best because I think you have enough there everywhere else. All right. Who are we playing against? <clears throat> I think this is Jay Bruce's team. I'm not sure. Um, okay, so Josh Allen, Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Julian Edelman. Curtis Samuel, Jack Doyle, and Jared Cook are both in his lineup. That oh, Jared it. Cook's been really good. So he has Cook and Doyle. He has Pittsburgh's D. That's a good start. Um, Will but they're Lutz. playing Josh Allen this week, so it's going to be either or. Right, and Will Lutz. And his bench is horrible. It's Jeffrey, <clears throat> Royce Freeman, Sanu, Conley on Jacksonville, who was good last week, Stills, Watkins, and Buffalo's D. And we're favored, at least here on the ESPN app, by 12. So what do you think? Think we win? Yeah, I do think you win. <clears throat> I'm actually playing uh, Dane Martinez this week in Flex. This is the uh, the championship game to get uh, into the Super Bowl here. So uh, so if I win, okay. I either play Jen Ryan or Adam Ronis, our, our pals there. So uh, so if I don't beat Dane Martinez, it's going to be bad because, you know, Dane's going to talk about it for for a while. He, he's, already, he's already seen me and been talking about it. <laughs> since thanksgiving like, i'm coming for you so uh i, I just don't want to lose to dane not because i don't like dane because i just don't want to hear him talk about the embarrassment it next six months. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no changes that's it we just roll out with who we got i think okay. you roll with the guy yeah don't overthink it you know if you want to take the floor up another notch with howard i can understand that move but i would not take Diggs out i just don't think i don't think that's wise because i think the moment you take out Diggs is the moment you get that 110 that 110 two touchdown game and you're just like oh you know f my life because you're just yeah, you're no, so frustrated about it i agree I mean, it, there there is some temptation to go with Winston and Howard and go for the throw. You know, there definitely is that. But well, listen, it, maybe the decision will be made for us if if uh, if Andrews is inactive. But if he plays, I think we got to play him for sure. All right, uh, we'll take a short timeout here on Fantasy Sports today. We'll play a little game of trust or bust after this. Oh, 
Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. It's trust or bust time on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll go through some names that you could potentially start in the second round of the fantasy football playoffs. Just as a quick reminder, Joe and I will be back here on Monday on Fantasy Sports Today. It'll be championship week in fantasy football. We'll also recap everything happening in baseball as well. Tomorrow on the show, it'll be our best of the winter meetings coverage, so make sure you tune in tomorrow at noon Eastern. Uh, Joe, let's get it started here. Trust or bust? Um, let's start off with Le'Veon Bell of the New York Jets. What do you got? Oh, this is frustrating, man, because here we are in the playoffs, and if you made it to the playoffs with Le'Veon Bell, it's been a it's been a fun ride. You must have you must have picked up some waiver wire gems. You must have had some really good moments. You must have had some things really break your way because it's been pretty frustrating. He's had a decent floor all year. This is a terrible matchup for him against the Ravens. Everything here with him not playing last week to the Ravens matchup, everything should say don't trust him. But you have no choice. He's probably your best running back or second best running back at that. You have to play Le'Veon Bell. So you trust him for no good reason at all because you probably just don't have a better option. And you're just going to go down in flames, but you have no choice. All right, let's um, let's go to Devonta Freeman of the Atlanta Falcons, who seems to have you know found the fountain of youth here at the end of the year. He's looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. It's been a horrible year for him, make no mistake. But look, it is the fantasy playoffs, and the question is, can you play him this week, Joe? Uh, yeah, you know what? Here, here's the thing. It's it's obviously a health issue, like everybody else's time of year. Uh, and I'm just checking on him too because I know. Yeah, I want to make sure he was practicing yesterday before I go too in on this. That's why I added him to the list in the first place. But I was trusting him last week because I felt like, all right, it's a good matchup. We're going to get back here. What's going on? He was sidelined for yesterday's practice. So pay attention to today. As long as he practices today, I think we're okay with him because I do like that matchup. Um, Look, you should be prepared to go without him. But last week, 17 rushes for 84 and a touchdown. I think we'll all take that. It's really just about health right now. So as long as he practices on Thursday a little bit, I would trust him and roll him out there because, again, I'm hard-pressed this time of year, especially with all these guys we're losing, to feel like you have better options out there. Um, okay, so Joe, you take it from here with the rest of these names, and um, right. and I'll be back here uh, for the final segment. You, you take it away, Joe, for the rest. <laughs> DeAndre Washington, uh, obviously here we've got uh, a situation where Jacobs should be back and playing. He has been practicing. Everything seems to be going in the right direction for him. Uh, but I wouldn't cut DeAndre Washington quite yet. I think that's what you're looking for. That's the scenario uh, of where you're at here in terms of, look, you want Josh Jacobs to play. You picked up Washington because you were worried about the future. But look, right now, Jacobs is in. Jacobs is going to be back, so that's good. But don't cut DeAndre Washington. A lot of people saying, uh, well, should I cut him now because all of a sudden Jacobs is back? No, I don't think you should. I don't think that's uh, the right move. You want to make sure you have that insurance policy, especially if you do own Jacobs, because you know, and I know, all of a sudden, one guy getting knocked out, boom, that turns everything around. And next thing you know, now you're scrounging looking around and trying to pick up Washington again. Who knows? Maybe somebody picks you up there to block it. So uh, anyway, you continue on here to the running backs. we got Patrick Laird, who has been really good in PPR formats. Now, 
Do I love the matchup? No, but at this point in time, do you love any matchup necessarily? I mean, the Giants, the Giants are not a good defense, but at the same point, Patrick Lair has been basically running into brick walls. So from a rushing standpoint, you don't love him. In standard leagues, you don't love him, but I think you like him in PPR. So in terms of PPR format, can the guy rush for 35 yards in this game, maybe 40-something? Can he get you 40 yards uh, receiving? Probably. So all of a sudden, you're looking at 80 yards, potentially. You add in five catches, boom, you're at double digits. That's what you want. So as a as a low-end RB2 or as a flex play in PPR, I didn't get away with Laird just because there's not too many guys back. Now, the next guy on this list is Rashad Perryman because Perryman is a guy that, although the ceiling might not be super high, the usage this week against Detroit is going to be there. And whenever you're looking at usage and players and volume, I think you take your best bet. So in the deeper leagues, with Mike Evans out now, Perryman is absolutely a guy you should have picked up. And if he didn't pick him up and he's still floating around that waiver wire, go get him right now before someone else does. He is definitely a low-end wide receiver three, high-end flex play this week because of the matchup, in my opinion. And because what we've seen so far this year is that we all know that Jameis Winston is not going to stop throwing the ball. There's nothing about this run game that gives him any confidence or Bruce Arians much confidence, and you can't depend on that. So even if Darius Lay is on Godwin all day, Godwin's still going to be productive, but he's going to look for other targets. Perriman's one of those targets. O.J. Howard has quietly become one of those targets. So after a very frustrating, and I mean super frustrating, beginning to the season for O.J. Howard, where you would not be wrong to have dropped him and started streaming the Kyle Rudolphs and Jason Wittens of the world, you probably did pretty well doing that better than playing O.J. Howard. All of a sudden, surprisingly, O.J. Howard has showed up again. All of a sudden, O.J. Howard has kind of been a 10-point floor kind of guy. He's been better than some of those guys we talked about that you picked up and streamed the Jimmy Grahams or the Wittens. He's been better than all of them lately. So you go out there and you trust him as well. So you trust Patrick Laird. You trust Brashad Perryman. I don't trust Laird in standard. So if you're in standard league, I wouldn't trust him. Terry McLaurin. Here's an intriguing one because this is another guy last week saved his day with a touchdown again, and he seems to keep making the big plays. So does Dwayne Haskins have a lot of question marks as a young quarterback? Absolutely. But you can still throw McLaren out there as a wide receiver three. I'd rather you throw him out there as a flex because of the floor, because you don't know what's going to happen here. But the good news is the Eagles secondary is not very good. So if the Eagles secondary is not very good, you go back to this Terry McLaren. Well, he has been one of the best waiver wire pickups of the year. There was a lot of question when they made the change of quarterback here and went with the kid, whether or not he would be able to sustain himself. And guess what? He has. McLaurin has maintained his value. And a couple of these weeks have not gone his way because of some penalty calls and some other things. But he's still getting attention, still getting targets, and he's making the most of those targets, which I think at the end of the day is what you want out of any wide receiver. Make the most of the targets you get. If you only catch three balls, make the most of them, which goes to one of these guys, which is Darius Slayton, who sometimes catches three balls. But I'll be darned if he's not making the most of them. I'll be damned if he's not getting touchdowns. Now, uh, Daniel Jones was the guy that was favoring him more. You're going to get Eli Manning this week. All signs are pointing to that. So I know, I know you're all very excited out there about the potential of, <laughs> of Eli Manning playing quarterback again. But look, Darius Slayton's definitely involved. Darius Slayton, I think, is a guy you can throw out there as a flex in PPR because he's making the most of what's going on. Now, another guy that I really like going into the season was Mike Williams. And I can tell you right now, you know, hopefully Craig has earmuffs on, but I can tell you right now, it didn't work out. It was kind of disappointing for all my Mike Evans share. Oh, Mike Williams share. Mike Evans shares were good. Mike Williams shares, eh, not so good. And the issue I have there is, once again, it's health, it's usage, and all those things. Now he's healthy. That's good. The usage has been there. That's also good. And you can also look at this usage to the change at offensive coordinator. Once they fired the OC, Mike Williams' season started to get better and better. And Mike Williams is a big-time target. Mike Williams should have been utilized the entire time. 
They're starting to utilize him more. He's looking for him, and Mike Williams is catching the football. So he's a trust for me this week. Anthony Miller. Oh, my goodness. I don't think this is a trust at all, and I know everybody wants to, and I want to also. I know Craig loves the talent of Anthony Miller. I I agree. I love the talent of Anthony Miller, too. Trubisky has played better. I I don't want to say great. I know he's coming off one of his best games of his career, but if that's not a mirage, I don't know what is. I don't think we're at a place where we can trust Mitchell Trubisky. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's a big matchup. Can Anthony Miller do some things? Yes, he can. Can he be this guy that has that one-off big catch and all of a sudden return fantasy value? He can. In PPR, I will give him a capital no, perhaps a lowercase t of trust. I wish, I wish, in standard I could give him a trust, but I can't. I'm going to say bust in standard. I'm going to say lowercase t trust because the usage, and that's what it all comes down to. Now, frankly, you know, the usage has been better. But these are two teams that are very familiar with each other. And these are two teams that I think they understand that Anthony Miller has that big playability and they're going to do everything they can to make Mitch Trubisky in the run game beat them. And I think if they do that, it's going to be a long day for the Bears. All right. The next one to talk about here is our guy, Tyler Higby. Where did this come from? Oh, you know, first he had that great game against the, the Cardinals. And that makes sense because, well, every tight end has a great game against the Cardinals. They are the worst in the NFL in terms of being that team that gives up points in fantasy to tight ends. So, eh, no big deal. But then it happened again, and we got Tyler Higby 2.0. So could you imagine Tyler Higby 2.0? And now it's time for the third movie in the franchise, and I don't know, I'm kind of excited about it. Maybe not John Wick 3 excited, but I'm excited about Tyler Higby. In fact, he's a tight end one this week. In fact, it would not shock me if he outscored guys who are banged up like Mark Andrews. It would not shock me if he outscored a couple other guys who are higher on the quote-unquote tight end trough. Because I think what the Rams are doing now is they're changing the identity of this offense. They are changing the identity, running the football more with Todd Gurley, which I should have been doing the whole time, but that's a show for another day where you give me a couple hours and I can just rant and rave on that. But Tyler Higby is part of this new offense. Now, Cooper Cup has been a little less of it. It's been a whole lot of Robert Woods, a whole lot of Todd Gurley. And to a certain extent, a lot less Cooper Cup, and it's starting to produce W's. So if it's starting to produce W's, you can bet on Tyler Higby this week again. I'm going to give you a trust. Now, speaking of the Cardinals being a team that does not cover the tight end well, well, guess who comes around this week? It's David Njoku, who is back in, I guess, healthy for the Cleveland Browns, who have been a bit of a roller coaster, to say the least, this year in the NFL. But I'll tell you this, David Njoku right here with the Cardinals as the opposing team. I do believe you look at this and you say to yourself, all right, you know what? They've been so bad against the tight ends. The only tight end that hasn't scored is Vance McDonald, but he was hurt again in that game anyway. So if you're desperate, and I mean desperate for tight end this week, I think you can stream Njoku. When you look at the numbers, they are just absolutely wretched this year for Arizona. That brings us to our, our quarterback friend of David Njoku, Baker Mayfield, against the same Cardinals team who's starting to look like they've earned the record they've had. They had a little stretch there, and uh, they've had a good opportunity where Baker Mayfield now can step in here and have a, another decent game. I know Mayfield's dealt with a hand injury, but Craig, I know you're back. So tell me, do you believe that you can trust Baker Mayfield against the Cardinals? I think you can. I think he's right on that fringe of QB1s. I think depending on which guys you have in and out, I think I'd probably take Goff over him, but I think he's right in that grouping. Would you trust him, say, over Tom Brady this week if you own both of them? Boy, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> It doesn't feel right to be in the playoff playing Baker Mayfield, Joe. It doesn't, but the Cardinals, it might Man, feel right. got to go with the matchups. Yeah. yeah. So it's certainly one right on that precipice. And the last one is Jared Goff. So yeah, uh, at this point, you got to start Goff again. At this point, you have to start Goff. He's against the Cowboys. I, I, I was making the comment before about, uh, you know, when you have this 
I don't want to say adaption of uh, of the offense, but certainly a different look of what the Rams started out doing. What they're doing the last couple of weeks has been different. It's right. been using the tight end. It's been using less of Cooper Cup, more of Todd Gurley, and a lot more Robert Woods. And it seems to be working. So I think once it's working, you kind of stick with this and you keep rolling with golf and the Rams, correct? I mean, you can't take, can't take Cup out of your lineup. No. But at the same time, I think you feel pretty good about Higby and I think you feel much better about golf at this point. You do. And if you stay tuned next, you'll find out more about who we're starting in DFS. Joe gives you the DFS approach for week 15 right after this. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's our final uh, segment of the Fantasy Week here on the show. Hope you guys enjoy the Thursday night game. Maybe there's a player or two you can use in DFS on Thursday, perhaps, but we're going to focus more on the uh, games this Sunday and the lineups for Sunday. Joe is trying to uh, cash in this Sunday on some uh, big tickets uh, in uh, in DraftKings and FanDuel. And so last week, unfortunately, in that league that I that I won money a couple weeks ago, I fell flat again. But look, I've made my money. I don't even care if I set a lineup or not the rest of the year. It's kind of sad, but true. Uh, let's look at the DFS approach for week 15. And I know that, Joe, that you uh, you have your podcast over at Lionstar. You guys set the DFS values there, too. But for this show, let's give us a quick uh, rundown here as to who you should start. Absolutely. Well, let's start with the quarterback position. Now, when I break down games, I like to go DFS-wise game by game. I don't usually like to do position by position, but when you have a segment instead of a whole show, I think it's much more efficient to kind of just give you a couple insights into some players and some matchups and some pricing and let people go out there and make their own decisions. So for me, starting out there on the FanDuel side, it's hard to argue with Ryan Tannehill at 7,600 not being the best ROI on the board. And the nice thing about Tannehill is you have options. You can stack along with Henry and A.J. Brown. If you want to go all in on the Titans, it's one way to do it. If you want to just run naked Tannehill out there without anybody else, you can do, you could do that as well. Houston is ranked 31st, allowing two and a half passing touchdowns over their last nine games. So you're talking about a trend that's very strong here where Houston is really spitting the bit against quarterbacks. They're also giving up an average of 280 yards passing during that span. And considering Tannehill's mobility, his ability to make plays, he's been a really good run here in the last couple of weeks in terms of DFS quarterbacks. And the nice thing is his price really hasn't gone up. It's gone from like seven to seven, six. That's not a huge jump. He is not sniffing eight. That's fantastic. That's yet he's giving you productivity of a quarterback probably in the mid eight range. Then you got Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Giants. Now, look, Fitzpatrick has his problems, but I think the Giants defense has even more problems than that. So when you're looking at this matchup here, keep a close eye on Devontae Parker, see what's going on with him. But it's hard to argue with the lack of running game and the heavy passing game, exactly what's going on. Now, on the DK side, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo this week. He's got a really good price. He's playing against Atlanta. We all know Atlanta's secondary is not very good. He looked terrific last week. I thought last week was a huge building block for his confidence to go into New Orleans, 
have that good game for those wide receivers, for Emmanuel Sanders to have the game he had against Marshawn Lattimore, for Debo to show up in big spots, for Kittle to have that huge moment there where three guys are trying to tackle him by the face mask, basically, and he still kept going. I was impressed for the first time all season with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback. I thought that was a really fantastic job, and I think it carries over this week. So I'm curious, uh, what do you think? Do you think I'm leaning toward too much to that one game and just kind of riding the high off of it? Or do you think this matchup here against the Falcons warrants my excitement? Yeah, I I don't think the Falcons defense is good. Um, You know, I I feel like you kind of on uh, on one site, you're heavy on another. You kind of have a hedge here a little bit. I don't know that I would, on the one side, have uh, Sanders and Samuel. I mean, that that seems like a lot. Um, I mean, if there's enough to go around. On the other, it does make more sense to have uh, Samuel, uh, Mostert, Garoppolo. Like, that I get. But to have two wide receivers on San Francisco, Joe, I don't know. It feels a little high. But look, you're, you know a lot more about this than I do. It's just well, it's fun. more about how you want to attack the Falcons. And so much of this is about... I don't believe in the Falcons at all. So I I agree with that. Right. And I think that's part of it as well. On the running back side here, obviously, we always ask that question. Is it a good week for Christian McCaffrey? And the answer, I think, is no. Again, it's a 14 point week, a 19 point week. That's not 10.5 ROI. That's not what you're looking for. Now, if Jacobs wasn't banged up, I would really like him this week against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you what, if you really want to consider it in the four o'clock slate, especially if you're playing 4 p.m. only, Todd Gurley is something to consider now. And I can't believe we've gotten to this place. But look, we have to be back because of the price at 76 coming off back to back weeks of he's averaging 18 and a half points. That's pretty good. You're right. Almost you're two and a half. That's a good return on investment. They're ranked 27th uh, in terms of rushing touchdowns the last nine games, Dallas. And they've been rushing a lot more, the Rams have, in this recent trend. So when you're looking at the recent trends, when you're looking at what's going on, it's hard to imagine Todd Gurley not being a big part of this game plan because that's kind of where we're at. It's a GPP play. It's not a cash game play. The best cash game play is still Derrick Henry, despite the fact now he's at 94. He has really risen. So he's above Dalvin Cook now. He's above, you know, he's almost in that Christian McCaffrey territory. However, there's two other running backs to mention, Craig, and it's Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. We talked about the fact that Chris Carson is now the solo guy there. But, Craig, I think the bigger story is how Carolina against opposing running backs has just been dreadful lately, and they are just getting gashed all over the place. So do you think now this is that opportunity for Carson to not only once again cement himself as the RB1 guy, but maybe to leave no question in the offseason coming into 2020 that he could be that guy as well. It's a really big spot for him over the next few weeks, and it's the same spot that he had, by the way, last year. If I'm not mistaken, uh, he he didn't start the year as like the main guy with volume, right? There were other guys involved, mm-hmm. uh, not just Penny. Wasn't Davis involved also? Yeah, it was a whole, yeah, it's always a host of guys. Penny was involved. Yeah, he, re- and, he was the and, best running yep. back in fantasy, uh, not named uh, McCaffrey and, and Barkley for the last like five weeks of the season, so... Um, yeah, I, I think the opportunity is there. I just, you know, with him, unfortunately, you have to pray for no fumbles because one fumble could derail his day. Yeah. On the DK side, the one guy I want to point out, and it's about trend. It's also about matchup. It's Raheem Mostert. And, you know, the price hasn't really caught up to him yet on DK has on FanDuel, but not so much on DraftKings. And that's because of maybe a little limitation in terms of catching the football. But look, the guys put up back to back 20 plus point days. And when you start to see that and you see that opposing running backs are scoring 20 points on a weekly basis against the Falcons, it's hard not to want to get involved in there. So right. 
in a backfield that's had so many different names throughout the season, Craig, do you feel like Mostert is starting to emerge as the lead guy, as crazy as that sounds, where we started in week one to where we are now? I loved Mostert at the beginning. I can't believe that he's gotten this far. Like I, I just. But it kind of feels like they're 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 running upwards and running with him, and it's starting to all gel together for them. Yeah, Coleman doesn't look good at all. Yeah, Sean, what about Coleman? Huh? I told you. Um, <laughs> well, you yeah. are Mister. I told you. You love it, don't you? You love the idea. No, I don't. I don't. But it's uh, Sean and I have these battles. It's fun. Um, <laughs> but I did not think Mostert would be this good. I mean, come on. I thought if anything, Breida would be the guy. I mean, you know, maybe maybe what it is is that the that the 49ers offensive line is is elite. Like, I mean, Jeff Wilson, well, it's elite. And also having Kyle Juszczyk back there really helps. You know, it's funny. The only other team that I can remember recent memory playing with a fullback this much was the Patriots, you know, and Devlin's Carolina. Didn't Carolina used to have a guy? Uh, Yes, Carolina did as well. But it's funny. You know, people keep talking about how the Patriots run game hasn't been good this year. Well, also, Devlin hasn't been in this year. Devlin's been out all year. And it's funny how that's another thing nobody seems to talk about. Like, why is this not even showing any good? Well, doesn't have James Devlin there. <laughs> you know, Kyle Juszczyk, even those games where Juszczyk was out, go look at those rushing totals. They kind of dipped for this team. Right. It's a huge thing to have that. And I guarantee now that the 49ers are having success, you're going to see some other teams start to adapt this fullback and go Good back beat. to that old school way of playing football. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the wide receivers and fly around there real quick here. We got Kenny Galladay with a great matchup. Uh, he's going to be with Carlton Davis. Uh, so that's going to be a good matchup for him. He, uh, he's playing against the 30th ranked pass defense mm. here against Tampa Bay. And look, he's the only guy left. So you can double him all you want. You can do everything you want. Kenny Galladay is still going to eat. Kenny Galladay is still going to be good. Julian Edelman, 77, still on FanDuel. He is cash game money in the bank. Just nothing but crooked numbers all season. The last time he had single digits was week four. Okay. So he is just money in the bank. Cash game guy. Now, the problem is, does he have the upside the other guys? No, he doesn't. And I know it's Cincinnati, and I know you might get real excited about that. Just pump the brakes just a little bit. But I do want to really continue to attack with this 49ers offense. I think they really found something here. And I think that running the ball with Mostert has given that ability, that's those quick slants that they throw, that is so much trouble for a very weak linebacking core of the Falcons. And I think Debo and Sanders just – Absolutely. If you watch the 49ers play, and I know you do, Craig, all they do is throw the ball over the middle in these quick slants. That's what they do. And that is something where the Falcons struggle mightily against. So for me, I think you can go with one. If you want to go all in, you can. You don't have to, but I think you can if you want to do like a really different kind of GPP stack where you just attack those linebackers. Uh, obviously, you're looking for floor guys. It's always Allen Robinson. It's always right. DJ Moore. And I think if you want to take some dart throws this week, I think it's Brashard Perryman on the other side of that game. You know, fade away from Godwin in the, you know, in the tournaments for Perryman and in cash games, go up and pay for Godwin. And that way you get your shares against Detroit. So, Craig, uh, I'm looking at this and in terms of the wide receivers too. A.J. Brown's another one of these guys. Oh, he's up and down. But I feel like you kind of ride the wave, don't you? Yeah. You know, it's interesting in that Bears Packers game. We didn't do this game and the wrong team is favored, but the Packers were only four and a half point favorites against the Bears. So I was toying with putting that in the show sheet, but then I I thought to myself, how can we justify that one? I don't know. I just maybe so. I mean, (sighs) why is the line what it is? It's kind of a weird, a weird line for sure. But yeah, yeah, it looks like you're all in on San Francisco. They're a big favorite for sure. and And the total is high. I mean, it does. It's about the it's about the the approach versus the what that team's deficit is. And I think that's just, it's just a beautiful combination of things here where you could just go and attack it and you can attack it in different ways, different sites, uh, you know, different combinations. But I think if you don't have the shares of it, 
you're going to be disappointed. And at tight end, look, because of Andrews playing and Griffin playing on Thursday night, they're out of that main slate. Um, you can go and pay up for Kittle, but if you don't want to, I think Waller against Jacksonville, we talk about folding up the tents. Man, oh man, Craig, it certainly looks like Jacksonville's folding up that tent. And I think Waller needs kind of a strong end to this season here because he had that kind of that downturn in the middle where Hunter Renfro started to get uh, pretty good there. And, and uh, you're starting to look at him uh, being uh, a better cog in this offense. But wouldn't you feel like Darren Waller here in this stretch has kind of picked it up since Renfro got hurt? It seems like he has. Yeah, it, it does. And and that's good because he's kind of given you two seasons. Like the first five games were great. Next five games were not. Last two games have been good. And then we'll see how he finishes it out for sure. And um, one more tight end I want to yeah. throw out there, too, is Noah Fant. Because, again, he's, he's got to play, right. though. Yeah, he's got to play. He's got to play. Again, yeah. he, the 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 situation with him is, as long as he plays, I think you go out there with him. Ownership will be low. <clears throat> You're always taking shots with tight end for the most part. But, my goodness, the guy's been productive, and he's been productive with Brandon Allen, and he's been productive with Locke. And Locke has been better than I imagined. Now, I don't know if it's sustainable, but I'll tell you what, that team competes, and that Denver Bronco defense All of a sudden, too. out of nowhere. Yeah, it, That's going to be a fascinating it, it, game this week against the Chiefs, Craig. It could be, and next year, too, for them as well. Um, but by the way, before we break, I know that last week we touched on this real quick, and I asked you if you would press the panic button if the Patriots lost to Kansas City. Um, since we've been doing uh, baseball a week, I haven't had to uh, ask you that question. Are you? Have you hit the panic button on the Patriots? I didn't hit the panic button because of the way they lost. They 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 should have won that game or at least been able to take that game to overtime. Okay. And I think, you know, and nobody cares about the Patriots fans crying about calls that go their way. But look, those are two horrible calls. I think we all can agree on that. But and I was the same guy Baltimore now, right? Um, yeah, unless Baltimore gets upset in the playoffs, which I don't think is going to happen. But yeah, that's what they're going to have to do. And Baltimore, it seems like the team of destiny. But gosh, we've seen this before. And now with all this other extracurricular noise every time somebody pokes the bear with this whole you're cheating you're not any good you're just a fraud thing man they wear that like a badge of honor and well, i don't know why you're, everybody... you're, you're finding these patriot narratives man boy you are. i'm finding it but you know what <laughs> you it's you, not hard it's not hard that. to go but look at the track record of how those narratives end I'm up starting right? to lose the faith man i am starting to lose it hey i lost it last funny. year when josh gordon went out i thought nah, man there's no way they lost those two games they lost to the steelers they lost to the dolphins they lost josh gordon i said man just doesn't feel like the year i think they're done and then they won so yeah, we'll see. I'm not writing them off till they're out. <laughs> oh, I'm not writing them off. It just feels a lot different than it did six weeks ago. And, and, yeah, you and said again, that I, same thing last year when uh, when Vance McDonald scored that touchdown against them in Pittsburgh. Everybody, you could go back and play every radio host across this country saying the same exact thing you right. just said. Well, we will we will see. We will see. All right, uh, we'll have our two minute drill next. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today as we wrap things up 
for this Thursday. Let's turn it over to Joe Pizzapia. Here is the two-minute drill. The two-minute warning. Two minutes, get your sh- together. Is that going to be enough time? You know, we're getting caught up in a lot of negative stories, a lot of players who, you know, don't want to play for their current teams or are sick and go bowling and all these negative stories. But you know what? It's the holidays and I like a feel good story, don't you? And how about Khalil Mack, who in his hometown paid not 10, not 20, but $80,000 worth of layaways off for families in his hometown for Christmas time. So parents that were struggling to buy presents for their kids Khalil Mack just went in there and said, you know what? I got you. I got you covered. Let's have some attention on stories like this, especially this time of year, because there's a whole lot of good being done by a whole lot of athletes in a whole lot of sports. And Khalil Mack, Merry Christmas to you, my friend, because you just made a lot of holidays a lot brighter. Very well said by Joe. And uh, I thought he was going to bring up a Florida man story here at the end. We actually missed that this week, but... That will do it for uh, our shows this week. Again, tomorrow here on the program, two hours of the best of the MLB winter meetings from myself, Bernie Pleskoff, and Joe Pizapia. Then we'll be back on Monday and getting you ready for the Fantasy Football Super Bowl, uh, at which point the following week we head toward the holidays and also head toward our conversion of this show uh, to a lot more fantasy baseball. So expect a lot of football next week and a lot of fantasy baseball moving forward. That'll do it for the show. Thanks again to my co-host, Joe Pizzapia. I'm Craig Mish. Full-time Fantasy with Dr. Roto is next. Have a great Thursday night and a great weekend. Talk to you again on Monday right here on Fantasy Sports Today. See ya.